up. While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to the second hour of South Coast tonight. I am your fill-in host for the evening, Jessica Machado. Hi. All right. The hours go by very fast here. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you'd like to call in, please use the number 508-996-0500. You can also send messages on the WBSM app. I may not be able to see them, but rest assured the team will. Marcus and Chris will see them tomorrow. Um, and so if there's anything that you want to bring up or you want to comment on, feel free to send a message. If you don't have the WBSM app by now, I just don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, it's like a game changer. It makes things so easy. And you can listen to um, podcasts of these shows anytime. So say you're listening right now and you've got to go. You can listen tomorrow. And then you connect get to your car and then it's just like easy. It's easy. I don't know. It's just easy. Just do it. Um, not, uh, not really one for self-promotion, but kind of am one for self-promotion. Just giving you guys a heads up. I have quite a few days I'm filling in uh, this month. Um, I'm covering for Barry Richard on the 18th, 19th, 22nd, and 23rd here at WBSM from 12 to 3. Uh, where are you going, Barry? That's quite a chunk of time off. <laughs> he's going to be going on some trip that he's going to fall in love with the place, or maybe he's revisiting another place. Um, nobody really like utilizes his time off more than Barry. If you follow him on Facebook and you're lucky enough, he he shares, and it's I'm very envious of him. Um and then I'm filling in for Howie Carr this Friday from 6 to 7. I'm filling in for Howie Carr the following, uh, the 19th from 6 to 7. Pretty much all the Fridays from 6 to 7 for a little while. Um, I've got some dates uh, for Howie at the end of the month. And then in June, I, I think Grace is finally going to have her baby. And I'll be filling in for her for the summer. Um, Caroline Levitt and I are going to be swapping weeks um, and, and filling in for uh, Grace so she can enjoy her maternity leave. And so you'll be able to catch me on, on Grace Curly Show. I'm excited. The only thing I don't love about that is there's a camera. If you follow on Facebook, there's a video. I'm not thrilled with that. I just, I, I'm, I don't even have makeup on right now. I'm here. Um, we're going to talk this hour. Uh, I want to talk about the Jeffrey Epstein thing. But I I guess I was listening to the commercials and I was like, I had this on my list. Title 42 is going to be ending on May 11th. This is a Trump era policy. And that basically gave the government power to expel undocumented immigrants um, crossing the border. What a novel idea. That's going to end on May 11th. And the, uh, well, first of all, Biden's not doing anything to extend that. It's done. It's over. And they're expecting a surge at the border. I mean, not as if they were really enforcing the Title 42 anyway, but once that, that umbrella is gone, people 
across the world are going to know that you can basically come here um, and nobody's going to stop you. I, I'm sure that message has reverberated through the southern border already since Biden took over um, in January 2021. But um, I, I think that they obviously understand that this is going to really become a problem. The United States is going to be sending 1,500 troops to the southern border, and that's going to be in addition to the 2,500 National Guard members that are already in place to support the work of these border agents. Um, the additional military personnel is going to be deployed for 90 days to supplement the work of the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, a U.S. official told BBC on Tuesday, uh, and they're not going to be doing any law enforcement, the official said. <laughs> Of course not. But they will instead assist with transportation, um, narcotics, um, let's see, narcotics detection, data entry and warehouse support. Essentially what they're going to do is uh, they're going to check you out, make sure you're okay, pat you on the head and let you walk right in. Let's go to the phone lines. Hi, caller. Thanks for holding your live with Jess. Hi. Hi. There you are. Hi. <laughs> so here's what I was um, thinking. Uh, DeSantis never declared. He never even really said too much. Right. And then I think he was kind of like sticking his toe in the water to see if it was frigid, cold, and, and what the reaction was. And honestly, I think there was a lot more, you know, support behind him before he started trying to show how he would act presidential. Mm -hmm. And then I think people recoiled. But the truth is, a lot of people were on board, and he was like, "Hey, I didn't say I was going to try to be the president right now." You know what I mean? So I think he felt propelled forward. But once, you know, I, I don't necessarily know why everyone was pulling back, but I wasn't jumping over there yet. Anyway, yeah. I've always been like a fan of Christy Nome. Yep. Although I, I just love her, but. Honestly, I I don't see why she would be fool enough to get in this race. It's 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 going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. Well, I one of the things I like about when people jump into races is you you potentially are looking at maybe vice presidential ticket uh, holders. Um, obviously, Kamala Harris was one of those. She ran for president <laughs> and then, you know, Biden plucked her and, and she. So I like seeing like what the field will look like. And, you, you know, if, if people jump into the race, they get more exposure. And um, it'd be interesting for that perspective. Maybe somebody who runs becomes Trump's running mate, although I'm sure he must already have someone in mind. Um, but I agree with you. I he hasn't alluded to it at all, though. No, I, and you know, very tight lips. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, if there's a secret and you don't want people to know, you just don't tell anybody. You tell nobody. Yeah, I mean, DeSantis did um, start a official exploratory committee. Um, so, uh, and 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 that's usually a step. Uh, just prior to announcing that you're going to be running. So uh, DeSantis's official announcement would come, um, people are saying, you know, mid-June. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean... I I'm going to be honest. I I'm hoping he does not declare, makes it very clear that he's not running. And it's not that at some point in the future, I wouldn't consider him. Yep. It's just that I don't know at this point really what he would do on the world stage. The world is in a, a fiasco, mm. you know, coast to coast, all over the world. There's major issues. And I honestly do. And, and that's going to affect us because what our, our 
you know, falling the way we have in the past couple of years is affecting the entire world. Mm -hmm. And so somebody's going to need to come in on day one and figure out if there's a way to rein it back in because we may be too far gone. I just don't see DeSantis. I'm not even sure what he would be nationwide. Right. I definitely don't know what he would be capable of worldwide. And I don't, you know, so that's why mm. I'm leaning the way I've been leaning the whole time. I didn't sway. Right. But as far as the Camilla and, and, and Joe joke, mm. the truth is, you know, supposedly he picked her. Right. I believe he was told. You're going to be the president, yep. and she's going to be your vice president. I don't think he had a say in the matter. Oh, I, I don't I think, think so either. Right, and I think why they chose her was because they knew Joe's out to lunch, mm -hmm. and we can't have somebody in here who's going to be like, wait a second, what's happening here? They needed somebody as oblivious as Kamala to get away with the shenanigans that have been going on for the past few years. Mm. So she's perfect. They love her. And she checked off the boxes, you know, coming off of all of the BLM riots. She's a female and she's African-American, or at least part, partly. I mean, she checked off that, you know, um, historic right, so it win. Appeased, it appeased the voters yeah. for those reasons. Yeah. But I don't think that's the reason they put her in there. They made it look like, hey, look at this. You know, we're giving you just what you're asking for. Yeah. But I think the plan was she's clueless. She was completely in uh, over her head, and that's the way they like and it. And that's the way because they want it. pulling the strings yep. doesn't want anybody in there with a clue. Right. Because really, anybody with any American blood running through their veins who cares about the United States at all would not be allowing this. Yeah. Even if the president was incapacitated, as, he, as I believe he is, they wouldn't want somebody else calling them on this. You know, so I think that's why we are where we are. What shocks me is that there's anybody still willing to vote for the two of them. That's yeah, the polling numbers bizarre. don't jive for me. Just speaking with people that I you, I know were previous Biden voters, um, they're disgusted. I mean, the the proof is in your wallet. You know, like their four hundred one ks are a mess. The grocery bill is crazy. The electric bills are crazy. The gas prices. I mean, these people are regretting these these votes for Biden already. I they are. Yeah, I, I, I feel that because because I believe we've destabilized the entire planet mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and and that is that is evident every day with what's going on worldwide there's complete and total unrest and i don't believe we would have fallen this far had we had somebody you know that wasn't this country. Oh, that wasn't weak that you know is being propped yep. up that can't can't go to a press conference without picture note cards i will tell you caller that um there was a recent uh florida bill that was passed um, that would basically make it so that Ron DeSantis would not have to resign as Florida governor in order to run for president if he chooses. Um, this bill was given final approval uh, last Friday by the uh, GOP-dominated state legislator. So um, prior to this, there was some sort of uh, a, a situation here where if he chose to run, he would have had to resign as governor. But right. this recent change um, has made it, and that looks like it's cleared the path for him to go forward. So that... Which I think it's good that he's laying the groundwork yeah because i mean you were talking about kennedy getting assassinated mm -hmm. i'm sorry but the whole time trump was in i was like me too every day the guy wakes up to me as a miracle me too i do not know how he he has literally survived not just the uh, you know slings and arrows all, you know everything that's coming at him yeah 
and not just literally drop of a heart attack. Like, who can deal with that kind of oh, stuff? Oh, I know. I know you but and I think the same. It, I thought somebody might actually take him out assassination style. You and me and think I, the I, same know, way. I was praying it didn't happen because I think that will just catapult everybody into a night. You know, it, it will be ugly if that were to happen. Mm. But, you know, I, I don't know. Whoever would be brave enough to try to and arrogant enough, whatever, to mm. say they think they can run you know, to get this country back on an even keel. So, I mean, I give anybody credit who run, and that's why I was hoping Christy Noem almost wouldn't run right now because mm. I'm like, I wouldn't want somebody to have to deal with this mess. Well, I mean, <laughs> I right. think I agree with you. I think the only person that can get us back on track is Trump. I'm hoping that, you know, some of the um, the rhetoric that he uses it gets scaled back a little bit um, and that he understands that there was consequences sometimes to the things that he said. But if we can do a little bit more of a clean, scaled back version of Trump with more of a focus on just the work as opposed to, you know, the media and all of the tweeting and things, I would take that. And I think that's the only thing that we'll be able to, to do to correct right. this. The pendulum, I said this before, has to swing to the other side, which was what made DeSantis a little attractive to me initially. You know, we had Trump that yeah was on one side of things. Biden has obviously swung us all the way to the other side. I think, you know, regular Americans, especially independents and undecided, are really craving some sort of, you know, like middle ground. You know, right. nobody wants to go too far left. Nobody wants to go too far right. We just need some peace and some like healing. You know right. what I mean? So exactly. well, yeah. can I just say one more thing? Yeah, about of course. You wanted to get back on um, Epstein. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really seriously like I know there's a lot of uh you know, double standards for everything. But, but you know, his, like, wingman, Matt Gislaine, is, yep. is, is in jail. Mm -hmm. He's supposedly dead. Right. Whatever. But I'm saying, we've got Mayorkas and the whole administration mm. literally sex trafficking yeah. and drug trafficking people in and out of this country, and nobody's going to jail for that. <laughs> and nobody can tell me that's not exactly what's happening. We know it is. I, I think that the Epstein situation to me has never really been done. And when you just said this, <laughs> and I'm going to take a break, when you said, well, he's supposedly dead, I don't buy it that he is. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't buy it. Um, I don't know if there was some deal to, you know, make he's it look Saudi like he... Arabia. He's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Saudi Arabian kings, they were all over his, his thing. There's, yeah. there's a lot more to his business transactions. He had people all around the world with money, and they weren't just in the United States. Right. I, I bet he's literally in another country. I, I just want to know, when are we going to start seeing people who used his quote-unquote services um, charged with, um, you know, rape or right. you know and, sex and trafficking years ago, martha coakley was already talking about all the sex trafficking in massachusetts and it's going on nationwide yep. with underage children you know people as well and nobody that's in charge of that administration and border security and homeland security is is going to get even a scratch from that so that's yeah, people makes it makes people uncomfortable i'm going to let you go caller thanks that's for the great night. conversation thank you um yeah, people don't don't want to talk about it. Before we go to our break, I'm just going to play this clip of KJP. Um, a reporter asked her uh, about Biden's reaction to the CIA director, William Burns, having met with Jeffrey Epstein uh, after we, he was convicted um, in 2014. Does President Biden have any reaction to CIA director William Burns meeting with Jeffrey Epstein in 2014? This obviously was after Epstein had served time for a sex crime and was registered as a sex offender. I'm just not going to comment on that from here. 
President Biden never, never going to comment on here. Not going to talk about it. We're just going to not not talk about it. It's it's the current CIA director. It's not like the past one. He's part of the Biden administration. His name was found to have been someone that Jeffrey Epstein met with after he was convicted of the crimes in Florida with like a juvenile. He served time in jail. Um, why is the current CIA director uh, meeting with Jeffrey Epstein? We're going to talk about that in a little bit more. 508-996-0500. You're listening to South Coast Tonight with Jess Machado on 1420 WBSM. to do a reminder which I because I might forget by the time we get to the end uh, this Saturday is um, the Kentucky Derby now I'm um I'm a sports better now um, only because of sports betting in Rhode Island and the ease of access to sports betting where you know if you live in Somerset you can go over to Tiverton and you can you know place your bets um, at the casino there but more so my game has been elevated since the introduction of sports betting here in Massachusetts um, and I you know I've, I've dabbled in it and I've, I've won a lot of money um, betting on apps like DraftKings and sports um, duel and all these things like that so uh, I Yes, I, I like some sports betting. I blame Barstool. They're as degenerate gamblers as, you know, the media and the news has purported them to be. And it has definitely made it more attractive to people like me to get into sports betting. I actually, my, my shtick is I like live sports betting. Like I like betting on games that are currently happening. NCAA tournament was like a real like great learning experience for me. I, I liken it to like my my master's degree in gambling. Um <laughs> because it was it was NCAA time and it was the start of online um betting here in Massachusetts. So it really just was like a really fertile time for growth as far as online gambling goes with sports betting. Anyway, um the I originally started betting on uh, horse racing. Um, 
my my father bet on horses, my my grandfather bet on horses, and um, I bet on horses. I, the ponies, actually. I don't know why I'm being so formal. I bet on the ponies. Um, anyway, K- Kentucky Derby, um, the Belmont Stakes, and the Preakness are obviously the three big races. They are part of the Triple Crown. I've been um, blessed to see a Triple Crown winner twice. Um and I really uh, just love uh, the Kentucky Derby. I've been to a couple of Kentucky Derby parties, which was a new thing for me because usually like a true degenerate gambler, I just watched them in the comfort of my home screaming at the, you know, the TV screen. But I've, I've been to a couple big Kentucky Derby parties. I've actually even won a best hat um, contest at a Kentucky Derby party, which by the way, was in 2016 and my hat was a Trump hat. I'm going to dig up um, the picture of it and post it on my Twitter account. You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Machado Show. Um, but I, I won with a Trump hat that I made myself and it had a button on it. And when you pushed it, um, it was Trump. And he said, uh, let's make America great again. It was really great. So anyway, I'll find a picture of that. But I love the I love the ponies. I love this season. Kentucky Derby is this Saturday. Um, and... Uh, the odds are currently up. Uh, you can go and take a peek and see, you know, Forte, I think, is the, yeah, he's three to one right now. Um, you know, these things obviously will change. They'll, somebody's going to get scratched between now and then for sure. Um, I can tell you when I'm picking my horse, I I generally pick by the jockey. I have some of my favorites Kent DeSormo is, if that's how you say it, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but Kent DeSormo and his brother Keith have been in horse racing industry for decades. Um, Keith is a um, a trainer, I guess, uh, now, or always has been. Um, and his brother Kent is my favorite jockey of all time. Uh, he... Is the he has the record for the most races won in a single single year? Is almost six hundred, five hundred and ninety eight races. Back in nineteen eighty nine, he won the Kentucky Derby, Preakness Stakes three times each, the Belmont Stakes once, um, and he lost the nineteen ninety eight Triple Crown by a nose. Um, I love Kent. He's my favorite jockey, and uh, he's got a little bit of a drinking problem. So he's not a jockey anymore. He's probably a little too old to be a jockey. How old is he? He's got to be up there. He's 53. Yeah, I mean, he's super tiny. Um, <laughs> I just love him. I don't know what it is. He's he's my guy. I love it. Uh, everything about him. Um, but his brother, uh, Keith, is a trainer on one of these horses. I believe it's, um, what's the number? I'm looking it up. Hold on. Who do, who do we have? Confidence Game. Confidence Game is owned by Don't Tell My Wife Stables, which I absolutely love. Uh, Keith DeSormo is the trainer. James Graham is the jockey. The breeder is Summer Wind uh, LLC. Hasn't uh, won a lot. 610,000. The odds today are 20 to 1. Those are bleak. However, um, I will be placing... Uh, multiple bets. If you haven't heard my story about my my trifecta bet that 
never got called into a bookie. I'm sure it's, you can go back to one. I don't know. It's on one of my, it's an absolute, it's a cry fest, <laughs> but uh, I place my own bets these days, but confidence game. And and I think I'm a confident girl. So I'm loving this horse. It's number four. Um, his colors are green. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into play uh, when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to these, these horses. Um the uh, Todd Pletcher has a couple horses, I think, in this um, trainer. Yeah, he's got a few. Uh, there's some great names. Disarm is a horse. Uh, Angel of Empire. Uh, Raise Cane. Rocket Can. That one's kind of same. 30 to 1 odds. Rocket Can. I kind of like that one. Um, King Russell has got 50 to 1 odds. I like him. Let's, let's throw him in a in a, a trifecta. Anyway, Kentucky Derby is this Saturday. I think they, they usually go to post at what, six six thirty or something like that. Um, but it should be a good time. So uh, go ponies. <laughs> Ken DeSormo, I wish he were racing, but he doesn't. And I just love him. I have some of my favorite horses um, of all time. Um, Big Brown uh, was... Oh, this story is so back in 2007. Hold on, I gotta look it up. 2007, hold on. 2008. Um, so DeSormo won, um, riding Big Brown. He won easily by just under five lengths. Two weeks later, DeSormo rode Big Brown to victory in the Preakness Stakes, this time winning, um, by over five lengths. Um, with a triple crown on the line, Big Brown was made the heavy 310 favorite in the stakes. But unfortunately, Big Brown broke poorly and was ranked for the first quarter mile. He finally settled. Oh, I'm reading this like whatever. Um, he had no response when DeSormo asked him to run. I, so I was watching um, this race uh, at the time. I was pregnant with my daughter, I had just found out I was pregnant, I think. Um, and I was very emotional. And it was really like the first time I was disappointed that I wasn't going to get a triple crown. And it just, it was, it was heartbreaking. Um, but anyway, that, that's my, my pony story. Kentucky Derby is this Saturday. Just watch it. I've watched them everywhere. I've watched the Kentucky Derby in Amvets Halls. I've watched it in Newport. I've watched it everywhere. The only place I haven't watched it, live in person. I have never gone to see the Kentucky Derby uh, live. I don't know why I haven't. I also don't know why I haven't tried to. Usually if I want to do something, I get it done. And I just, I don't want to. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I think maybe it has to be right. It has to be like the right season for it. I might have to like have like a real emotional connection to a horse. If Kent DeSormo comes back and he's going to jockey a horse next year, I'm going to go watch him ride in the Kentucky Derby. But between now and then, I just, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Have you been to the Kentucky Derby? I mean, it's pretty easy to go. They have the pit in the middle. So it's like, you can go there and you can bring like, you know, like you just hang out with chairs and your coolers and stuff like that. Those tickets are cheap. They're like 30 bucks, although that was before the recession and inflation. So who knows what John, Joe Biden has done to the Kentucky Derby pit prices. Um, I'll have to Google that during the break. Uh, but the Kentucky Derby is on um, uh, this Saturday. Uh, so we were just listening to a clip before we went to break. We're going to do it again. But essentially the, uh, you know, 
the current administration does not want to even talk about the fact that um, the current CIA director uh, had meetings with Epstein. I, I don't really subscribe to conspiracy theories too much. I think that's dangerous. I mean, I'll let people talk about, you know, the election getting stolen and stuff like that. I don't mind. Um, I, I certainly feel that there's some issue with COVID and, you know, how that came about. And, you know, it happened to be an election year and, you know, all the mail-in voting option and how that really, you know, was the end of the Trump presidency as we knew it. But, you know, is it possible that Jeffrey Epstein is still alive? Is it possible that he didn't kill himself? Does anybody even believe that Jeffrey Epstein did kill himself? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think everybody essentially believes that Jeffrey Epstein was killed. Um, and it was because people were afraid of what he was going to say. I mean, he was in jail. He was awaiting some sort of a, a trial or a hearing. And um, I think people thought that he was killed, but they claimed it was, I, I think he's alive. I mean, how? why is it that we just continue living in 2023 knowing that Prince Andrew, and by the way, I think this is coronation week for the new king. Um, why is it that we live in a world where we just completely ignore the fact that uh, Prince Andrew uh, was a friend of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein's and, you know, was using him to bring him underage girls? Like, why... I mean, you know, when we talk about like the kids that are being raised in this generation, what generation are these kids anymore? I don't know what they are. When we talk about like how these kids have no consequences and they they're unruly and they don't care about, you know, what adults say or they they just have no real responsibility and whatever. I mean, who can blame any child or teenager or 20 something in 2023 for not really caring about consequence when you see it every day in real life. You can rape underage girls that are provided to you by a rich man who is, you know, friends with, you know, the the strongest, wealthiest politicians in this country and nothing will happen to you. You just continue to go and live your life. So if some kid sees that and is like, you know what, dude, I can walk right into this Rite Aid and swipe a bunch of makeup into my purse and walk out the door and I don't care. Who cares? What? There's no consequence. Does it matter? No. Let's take the next caller before we take our break. Hey, caller, thanks for holding. Hey, you don't sound like Marcus and Chris. <laughs> Hi, Don from Stoughton. Hey there, how you doing? Good, yeah, how are no, you? Love those, love those mint juleps. Oh, yay. Oh, man. <laughs> I could hurt myself with those things. I know. <clears throat> have you been down there by any chance? No, I have not. Uh, the most I've ever done with horses is I helped round up some cattle once out in Nebraska. Mm. Well, well, yeah, they're, they're, after three hours, there are certain parts of my body still very angry <laughs> with the leather saddle. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it can be terrifying being amongst a herd of cattle and you hear their hoofs clacking oh, like castanets. I'm sure people and, don't and the get thundering. it. Yeah, no, it <laughs> it's something I will never forget. Interesting. <clears throat> what else is going on, Don? What's your take on well, anything today? Oh, well, I, I heard you talking earlier about United States flags. Have you ever had the chance to be in Baltimore at Fort McKin McKinley? Okay. Um, they have a tour there, 
and before they bring you into the fort, they, they sit you in a, like a reception room, and they go through a spiel, and then at the very end, they open up the drapes, and as you look up, you see the flag over the fort. Hmm. The big one. Hmm. It's like, you know, 20 by 30 foot. Yeah, yeah. Just beautiful. And if you take a cruise out into the harbor, you can see from where the British ships were stationed, you can see the flag from there. That's wonderful. Yeah, and they got the flag house where the little old ladies got together to uh, to actually sew the flag together. Well, I mean, I, I was saying about how just in my day-to-day life, I don't come across... Um, the flag or the Pledge of Allegiance at all. Uh, I just don't. The only time I ever come across a, a pledge is when I attend school committee meetings or selectmen meetings, which, you know, I can usually be found at weekly, once a week. They do start the meetings off with the pledge. But where else, and, and maybe I'm wrong, was it said in other places at other times and it's slowly gone away? Or is this really the extent of it? Like, where else would we see this? I, I believe you are correct. I, I doubt very much. I mean, maybe at patriotic gatherings, mm. uh, Trump rallies and, and such, you might find it. But uh, otherwise, you won't find it at a, you know, a department store or at a garage getting your car repaired or anything right, right. like that. Right. And so, you know, maybe uh, high school games, uh, little league games, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Sports. But um, mm. other than that, not really, because I guess people are more tuned into getting things done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very protective of it. I don't think we well, say people it have enough. to understand it. You know, it's quite important. I mean, people, I, if you watch some of the television shows that jump on the internet and watch Mark Dice, they do the man on the street interviews. And oh, they yeah. say, can you name the three branches of government? And it's I like, love, I love videos like oh. that. I, oh. I love it for the shock value. It's really crazy. Um, to Crazy? <laughs> in one hand, he had in his hand, Jeff, a gold $20 Canadian coin. Okay. He could not give it away because it was Canadian. People say it's Canadian. I, I can't take it. <laughs> Another time, he had a bar of silver that weighed 10 ounces mm. and a handful of chocolate candy bars. And at the end of the interviews, he still had the silver bar in his hand. No. Everybody took the candy bar. No. <laughs> I would and love people vote. I would love to get uh, stopped on a street and asked my opinion or or quizzed on things like that. I never have. I did one of my first shows here on BSM. I was really nervous about filling the time and the space, and I went and um, in front of the local market basket in Fall River, and I asked people if they knew who the governor of the state was, and it was split down the middle. Only half of the people that I got that day knew that the governor at the time was Charlie Baker. Um, yeah, certainly, but. But they know that Biden was a better president than Trump because Biden said so. And, and look at what Trump has done. Right. And, and you just you just have to you, you, you think your mind has been taken by aliens, <laughs> mummified and used as a doorstop somewhere. I know. These are American people. You know, you know, Jess, at no point in history has truthful information, uh, informative material been readily available to everybody at the click of a computer button. Yet the gap between people who know stuff 
Mm. And the ability to be able to learn it is just growing wider and wider. I know. I agree. Um, Don, I have to take a break. But let me ask you one okay. question really quick. If I had to go out on, on uh, this weekend and go ask people a question in front of a Walmart or a market basket, what do you think my question should be? Who's the better president, Trump or Biden? Great question. I'll do that. All right, Don, <laughs> thanks. Thank you, Jeff. All right, bye, Vesty. All right, guys, let's take a break. We'll be right back after this. Fourteen twenty WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Um. Marcus McCarthy, South Coast tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM. Welcome back. Um, let's go to the phone lines. We've had some people that have been waiting. I've got to get to taking the breaks a little bit earlier because then we're really up against the next one in only about five minutes. But let's take this next caller. Hey, caller, thanks for holding. You are live with Jess. Maybe. Hi, wait, hold on. Wait. Hi, caller, thanks for holding. You're live with Jess. I think that's me, Jess. Yeah, it is. Hi. <laughs> I, um, I actually heard that um, um, woman on the street survey you did i think that was one of your first radio it was that I yeah heard. and i was so i was I, I i loved it and um so i uh here's how about this one uh ask uh are you a resident of massachusetts yeah you might you might get some fall river people i mean some rhode island people yes and you say uh they say yes you say can you name at least one of your two u.s senators Oh, I we would get nothing. I don't think anybody would know. You know that somebody tried that with the incoming class of Harvard about twenty twenty five years ago. Yeah, and less than fifty percent of the uh, you know from the different states that the uh, incoming freshman class came mm. from were able to answer the question. Mm. And that's the best and the brightest, right? Yeah. And all, I, so, so my first experience was that I helped somebody run for state rep. Yeah. And in, uh, in, in uh, Worcester County. Mm-hmm. And we went door to door with the, um, you know, with the voting list. These are people who had voted in the last election. Yep. And that actually happened to be the same year Ross Perot uh, was running. But anyway, um, I would, you know, introduce the, the candidates, you know, with his literature. And, and somebody said to me, is he running against Kennedy? This is somebody who voted. And I had to explain, no, this is a state representative race. You know, isn't it crazy? Well, these are but these who these, these are the people who voted. They so already I, I, voted. I called. 
I called last night. I said, you know, this is what the Democrats are exploiting. You know, uh, um, Nancy Pelosi wanted to put in HR one, the California uh, style border uh, uh, harvesting. Mm. As, as part of federal legislation, mm-hmm. the only restriction was you, you you couldn't do it piecemeal. You had to be paid by the hour. Right. So if you raise a lot of money for volunteers to go out and harvest votes. Yep. So, I mean, it's this is what we're up against, Jeff. It's it's I think. You know, the the first step is admitting that there's a problem, right? I think Republicans really just refused to acknowledge it. And I've worked with Republicans that were just really never taking into consideration uh, the mail-in voting option. Um, they just weren't. And I've spoken about it many times, Paul Harrow's campaign. And I'm not saying uh, the sheriff's campaign didn't. Um, you know, I think we, we understood. Uh, they just really, really embraced the option of knocking on a door and ensuring people, you know, had ballots in hand to, uh, you know, our applications so people could get them. Um, it's just, it's it's unfortunate. I don't, I, I there's a lot of side effects to COVID, but I'm telling you one of the worst you know, residual effects from, from the COVID situation is that this is a mainstream voting option. And it, it's, it's, there's so much room for, you know, uh, manipulation of votes. Uh, it's scary. I, I, I don't know when why. I, when, but... I was, when I was 18, I went down to my town hall and I registered to vote. Yep. And I, and I, I was a little in the off year election. I, I couldn't vote for Reagan. He had already won. But the next election, yep. uh, I guess I would have been about 19 was uh, the runoff between uh, uh, Barney Frank and Peg Heckler. Mm. And I voted for Barney Frank. Mm-hmm. And he won. And I think that was the last time I uh, I voted uh, Democrat, Democrat in, a, in a general election. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, um, and it's been tough in Massachusetts, but but it is what it is. I understand. I appreciate my, my neighbor's views on things. Mm. But when it comes to tight votes, like the, the ballot questions and stuff, this is this is ugly. I don't think most people appreciate what they're voting for. Mm, I, and Or if they know. Um, I mean, just 50% of the people knew um, who our governor was. That's and, and, and actually, what I did find in that um, poll or whatever I was doing, I think a, a lot of people only knew who he was because of COVID, right? His name was so much more relevant at the time because he was giving updates about the openings and closings. And so, you know, Governor Baker became someone that was more of a focal point than ever before, but still at only 50% of the people. I mean, that's crazy. He was, he was, the, he was, he was the one who was sending out the, uh, the Gestapo to check and yeah. make sure the, the bars had their chairs in the proper position. Well, I mean, he's... And we were know. standing up when we were... We were masked when we were standing up and we were... We were only unmasked. When we <laughs> well, we sat, sat down. Yeah. I'll never forget. I was, I was at, uh, was I was at, um, it was football season and I never miss a game. And we were at Dublin Rose and Seekonk and I was watching the Chiefs play a game. And, you know, I had my mask off at the table. But to, I, you know, my whole excitement of the game, I got up and stood up and went closer to the TV so I could see. And I didn't have my mask on. And somebody came right over to me and was like, put your mask on. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I couldn't believe, I, how did we live through this? I, I, I really don't even know. Hi, boy, Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) I got to take a break. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, honey. Night. Night. All right, let's take this last break. We'll be right back.
Besties, let's try to get this last call in before we uh, have to take our break. Um, let's try. I don't, I'm not good at this. Hey, caller, are you there? Well, let's try it again. Hi, caller, you're next. Hello? Hi. Jessica, uh, I, just heard, I just heard on Fox News yes. this despicable excuse of a human being. Oh, I see illegal, it. Yes, the illegal immigrant is in mass custody. He slaughtered five people, including an eight-year-old boy. Where did they find him? I don't know. They they didn't go into the great details, but he is in custody. And uh, Texas, I believe, is a death penalty state. Yep. And yeah, uh, I thank you for pointing it out. I actually have a massive TV in in the room, but I was getting a tip on another story, and I was googling it, so I didn't look to my left. But it does show. Um, yeah, you're right that the illegal immigrant um, who killed these five people, including an eight year old child, um, has been found. Absolutely despicable, but he he has been caught, and that's a great thing for the world. It really, really is. It, oh, thank you, Jessica. Yeah. No, thank you for calling, caller. I appreciate that. Have a good night. Um, this story we had talked about it last night. Um, this uh, uh, three or four or five times deported illegal immigrant uh, was back in the United States. Um, was shooting his gun off in his yard. His neighbors came out um, and asked him to stop shooting, um, and then he just killed them all. You know. And then he was on the run. And, I, you know, earlier in this broadcast, I know Phil Devitt was doing the news um, and it said that, you know, they were still uh, looking for him and he was on the run. But Fox News is reporting that they actually have him in custody. So I'm going to look and see um, if Twitter has any information on this. We can see where they found him. Uh, so glad that they found this guy. And you know what's funny? There's just not a lot of people talking about this story. Uh, it's... <sighs> It's amazing what the state media chooses to make sure you know or I know or whatever. Um, Besties, I have like in my hands a story that um, I have been working on. And 